Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Servcast, Mobile Serve's Canadian tech-focused podcast. I'm Patrick O'Rourke, and Brad Bennett, a man who still refers to himself as the bad boy of tech, he's across the internet from me been a while since we've done that this podcast how are you doing brad i'm a cool breeze a cool breeze. <laughs> that's all i got i'm too bad dude um but no i'm good i'm happy to be here we've had um a lot of phone launches since we talked about um tech on the podcast last and i think the probably the most interesting two of the year plus a secret one um have been in my path and it's been very fun i'm excited to chat so yeah, like we, we've said this, I think three times now, but it's it's been a while since we've done a pod, and and because this is a celebration of the podcast returning, we brought John back. How are you doing, John? I am doing good. Uh, I'm exhausted because uh, I have a toddler and she runs everywhere, and so I have to chase her everywhere. She she has started Naruto running with her arms like out behind her back, and oh, that's, really that's funny. Sick. <laughs> that funny. That's good though. That's good for a kid. I yeah. love that. Helps balance her, stabilize, faster movement. Probably faster too. Like she'd be going slow if she didn't do that. You don't want a slow kid. More aerodynamic. Do you ever watch kids like in the playground do that? Oh man, hilarious. I remember being a kid in the playground. What do you what do you mean watching? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the voice of Dean Daly. How are you doing, Dean? I'm good. It feels weird to not be the host right now because I, you know, Oh yeah, I forgot fast. you host the game side. Yeah. I, I loved the one the one podcast I was on where I didn't have to host, and you guys asked me about Spider Man, and I was like, I, I don't care about this game. I don't know anything <laughs> about it. I've never played it before. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so this feels weird, but it's cool. It's cool to be back. Thanks. Little, uh, little quick fire round game segue before we start. Uh, over under on the new PS Five design. Anybody, anybody like it? It's weird. Why does it look like that? It's like sharp. Like the the digital one looks fine. But the disc one, I don't get it. I like the idea that it like the disc part is modular now. Like you can take it out, put it in. Like that's fun. Um, I don't like that it's half matte, half glossy, and I don't like that it still looks like kind of. Um, I want to say Seto Kaiba is that the guy from Yu-Gi-Oh with like yeah, really yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they all had really like polished in Yu-Gi-Oh, but I really wish they could have figured something out there. But that's uh, that's all I had to say to start this off. Figure it out, PlayStation. Like oh, it. and the stand is like extra now. You got to pay extra for the vertical stand. I don't know. Oh, it doesn't come with it. It comes with the whole stand, but not the vertical one. So, like the PS Five, like like always had like the stand could be vertical or horizontal. You just have to like use screws or whatever to make it vertical. Oh, okay. Uh, but then it's weird that now there's like a specific vertical stand. I always have mine. Yeah, now. Mine's always horizontal. I think most people do. I think it fits into a TV like console better um, horizontal, flat, like you said. But uh, I do think having to like charge for the extra stand on top of making the the baseline PS5 more expensive is a tough move to do yeah. mid-console cycle. You know, usually we get deals when they shrink them down, but now we're just getting them more expensive. So that's not as fun. 
What was funny about the reveal is five minutes before, like literally five minutes, no exaggeration. Yeah. I was talking to Brad Shankar about my plan for my PS5 because my PS5 has this like weird buzzing noise that it makes. That it sounds I like an airplane. Pick. It does. It's like coil wine. I, I can get it fixed by Sony, but it'll cost like 200 bucks. It's not worth it. So I had decided that I was just going to wait for the revision and trade this one in and pay the like $100 difference or whatever and get the, the smaller PS5. And then five minutes after I said that, the new one was revealed and I was like, sick. Sony, Sony heard me. They heard my call. Hell yeah. Do you have, say, owning the PS5 for two years now, have you bought a single disc for it? Will you go no, disc I again? Know. I can go disc. Do you have the disc one? I, yeah, I do. I bought it just in case, like if I got a review copy of the game that was disc only. And I, I don't own a single physical game for the Series X or the PS5. I asked for a review copy of Spider-Man and they're like, well, we can't get you one uh, right away because you, you, you missed the first batch. But we might have a disc copy for you. I'm like, ooh, ooh can't use that. Copy, <laughs> I only have a digital uh, PS5. Someday there's got to, like, I know it won't happen. And then we're getting like, so inside baseball. But there's got to be a reckoning for this, like, companies with codes being like, we're out of codes. It's like, they're just codes. They're codes. You don't run out it of codes. It doesn't make any sense. And also, why would you be doing a review wave with discs, too? I feel like like the shipping on that is just not even worth it. Like, Yeah, anyway. I don't know, man. People like discs. Uh, yeah, there'll be influencers that post pictures. <laughs> this is this unfortunately isn't the, the PS5 revision. Yeah, this isn't the Syrup Arcade cast. Maybe I'll have you guys come on one episode. <laughs> you, guys, but... you guys don't talk about tech over there. You don't talk about hardware over there. You're not allowed. You talk about games. You, know. you talk about software. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I've only listened to like, I think it was the, oh, which one did us do? It was a long time ago though. Okay. This episode is about the Pixel 8, the Pixel 8 Pro, and the Pixel Watch 2. By the time this goes live, all the reviews will be on the site. So this is like free form. We can say whatever we want. We're not under embargo in any way about any of the devices. And the way that I sort of have this structured is Dean's doing our Pixel 8 Pro review for Mobile Syrup. He's handled the Pro reviews for quite some time. So it's, it's kind of just like he, he's going to set the stage for this phone. Um, and I guess to kick it off with the 8 Pro, Dean what's new this year like is there anything that someone who's like a casual pixel user or a casual smartphone fan that would see a specific feature and be like wow that's cool i need this phone before we do that i just got to make one note that um bennett john and i were wearing our mobile syrup sweaters look at us oh you guys are actually wearing yours too yeah i'm i am not i don't know where mine is go change pat don't come back on this pod until you've got a sweater on. <laughs> I, I know where one of them is, but not not the gray one. I only got the gray one. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot there was like some sizing issues that I guess never got. The, the other ones there. never came. I don't I don't know what happened with them. That's wild. But Dean, tell me about the phone. What's 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 new? What do I care about? So I think that the most interesting thing that people are gonna be like, huh, um, is the temperature sensor. Hell yeah. uh, I don't I don't actually think it's use like I don't I don't I don't find it useful at all. It's it's seems kind of like when I try to uh like temp measure the temperature of my tea, it was like it's forty degrees Celsius, it's kinda hot. Um and then like but I put it closer to my tea and then it was like sixty degrees Celsius, it's super hot and it's like 
okay, but you just told me the kettle was only 19 degrees Celsius. I don't know. It just feels a little, like, weird. Uh, I think that, um, like, if this could measure your skin temperature, that'd be dope. Uh, but it can't. It hasn't had FDA approval. It needs... Uh, or Health Canada. Canada. Health, or Health Canada approval, yeah. And I, like, was just trying to give it a shot anyways. Like, I was just trying to, like, oh, let me see how much my temperature is. And it says I was, like, 26 degrees Celsius, um, which would mean I'm dead. So, uh... So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work with... Like, I know it's not FDA approved, but it's it doesn't... Straight up just doesn't work with measuring the temperature yeah. of a person. Quibble. Also, like, human temperatures are weird, right? Like, I feel like whenever yeah. we use, like, thermometers medically, it's always, like, in your ear or, like, in your mouth or, like, yeah. in your butt. That, that's how you get the most accurate reading. Something medical going on there that I just feel like the pixel sensor is, is uh, just different tech. Like, I'm sure, will, it be able, will it be able to be as accurate? I don't know. I have a thermometer at home um, that just uses, like, touches your forehead. It doesn't yeah, like it just yeah. touches against it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have a thermometer as well that does the forehead, but you can also take the cap off to do an ear reading. Um, in ear and in the butt are the most accurate options compared to the forehead, but you can still get an accurate enough reading from the forehead. Fair enough. Good to know. I put the it in my mouth, and it's actually <laughs> a lot more accurate. Thirty-five degrees Celsius. For the audio listeners who weren't able to see that, Dean put it in his mouth. Yeah, we, we literally got to watch him do it. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's 35 degrees Celsius, which feels a lot more accurate, actually. Um, I think my body temp is usually around 38. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, that's probably the headline feature. Uh, I told my mom yep. about it, and she was just like, why don't phones do that already? And I was like, mm, it's probably not like what people think and maybe during covid it would have been like super super useful like especially for someone like me who's like ocd and like i'm always very like oh no am i sick am i sick all the time like, especially like yeah. when covid was happening if i just had my phone all the time and just stick it in my mouth and to measure my temperature like maybe i would have not maybe it would have been better anywho but that's like the main biggest probably like that's the if only if i can like, jump in on the thermometer for a second as well just i think there's a couple things that are a little bit interesting about it so first off there's like a default setting but then you can put in different materials that you're scanning which mm. could make a difference in terms of the accuracy whether you're scanning metal or glass or like a beverage i haven't really noticed much of a difference but the fact that it's yeah. there kind of tells me that there could be some sort of back-end calculation. And then in the app itself, it's kind of hard to see if you're watching the video podcast, but there's a little icon on the screen that's in the same position as where the sensor itself is on the back of the phone. Um, so it just kind of lets you see when you're looking at the front of the phone and trying to point it to measure the temperature, you can see on the screen where the temperature sensor is on the back so that you can line it up right, which I think is kind of neat. I um I could see myself using it maybe when cooking. I know specifically like when I'm trying to like deep fry, I'm always trying to keep the oil at a really consistent level and things like that. So maybe like reading temperatures and things like that might be interesting. But also I have a cooking thermometer already. I have a thermometer for like checking my own temperature. Um, I like the convenience of it being in my phone, but if it's not that accurate and it can't even launch with Health Canada approval, I feel like my trust in it just is already out the door. I would check the temperature of my coffee and that's probably it. And I would have a lot of fun doing that for like two weeks and then I wouldn't do it anymore. 
Yeah, you would do that like four times. You'd be like, oh, that's neat. You know, like at yeah, least with cooking or with medications, there's like you have a real Practical reason that reason. you would, might use it day to day. Whereas like, you know, testing things around you might be fun, but it's not like you you do that ever. It's fun it to just watch. Feels inaccurate. Just, like, like I'm, do- I'm like doing it just, right now. Like this is my tea. Um, yeah. And like testing the temperature of everything around him. Thirty two. Now put it more in the tea. No, thirty two is still right. Okay. Yeah, as much as it seems like really cool, I just um I think my trust in it is like so low that I don't even see myself using it. Or like it'd be like the odd thing where it's like, oh, super hot summer day. Let's see how hot the like hood of this car is, and then it'll like yeah. tell me some really high number, and I'll be like, I'll choose to believe it. Ha ha ha! That's a hot car. And yeah. it's like, well, we are already knew it was a hot car, but at least we got this joke out of it. And just beyond that, I'm not seeing a lot. Yeah, I was just gonna say I thought of various ways that I could use it for my job like if i'm testing a laptop that gets really warm checking the temperature to see you know okay is how hot is this actually getting right because it feels warm to me but maybe it's only you know 30 degrees which isn't that bad but do you even feel like it's consistent enough to do that no and that's kind of the issue right is i don't know if i trust it enough i i would need another tool to verify that it's accurate yeah yeah and like, I don't know, let me do a quick search, but I can't imagine those types of thermometers are that expensive online either. You know what I mean? You could check the temperature of the iPhone 15 Pro after playing Resident Evil. That that, that would be my key, key use case for it. Although I, I think the thermal issues have been fixed. I like to iron. Uh, and like, I don't know how people check the heat of irons, but Jamaicans just like to touch the iron to see if it's hot. I do that too. Uh, you touch yeah, it? Okay. That my seems like my a bad idea. on. Like, I don't even know which way to turn it. It's just all, yeah. there's no on so or like, off on them anymore. I think it's useful kind of for that, but like, that's like, I grew up like, like I started ironing at like, like maybe 11, 12. I got one for my birthday. Um, one of the <laughs> best birthday presents. Um, <laughs> a rite of passage. Like, when you said earlier, I like to iron, I thought you were just like, okay, this guy irons, but it really does sound like you enjoy like, ironing. I'm like, very surprised. I'm, I'm not as much anymore, but like from like probably 11 to 25, loved ironing. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's like, I would maybe use it for that. But like, other than that, and that's like such a rare instance. So no, uh, but I think that's like the biggest, coolest, or not coolest, but biggest like, random thing the pixel 8 pro has um it also has like a new 48 megapixel ultra wide sensor um and it can has a new 50 megapixels main center like the old one was 50 megapixel but this one's a newer one um bigger aperture um it also you know it has like magic editor which is really cool although i think the pixel 8 has that as well Right? The software yeah. was the next thing I was going to ask you yeah. about. Uh, you've shown me some stuff at the office. I'm like a lapsed Pixel user. Well, what, what, what's like the coolest software feature that you've you've encountered and used? So I think like so like in my demo of the Pixel Eight Pro, like when I did the hands on, they showed off Video Boost, which was basically this thing where you take a video, anyone can take a video, and then you send it to like you like Video Boost it, and you send it to data centers. And then within like two hours, it comes back to you, and it's like a like highly edit or better edit video. Like it increases like the lighting and everything will just look so much nicer. Apparently, um, and I thought that you was haven't cool. used this yet, have you? No, it's not. It doesn't launch till December. Available. Yeah, it's, it's all. It's like basically not... night sight, but for video. Okay. Yeah, but, but like it's supposed to do more things than that. 
it's not someone at Google's office like editing your video for you. Just to be clear, it's like being sent to a data center and it's being changed via an algorithm. Is that yeah? Is that right? Yeah, from my yeah. understanding of it, yeah. That, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but how do you feel about that, Bennett? Like, I can see you making faces as Dean's talking about it. Ah, uh, man, I don't know. That that seems so strange and whatever. But I guess also one of the things that I think people really love on on their phones is like when your photo app gives you like a, a combined like memory thing. There's like a little music, a couple of photos. Like, hey, this is your, for me. It's always like this is your trip to Renfrew, and it's like the eight pictures that Alex and I took like while we were on that trip uh, visiting my parents. And it's like some music, and and those are fun. And I know my mom will get them all the time, and she'll like send me them. So. Perhaps if if video boost works like that, and I kind of see the way Dean's talking about it needing to like take two hours, maybe it it runs in the background. You just kind of get like little updates, like hey, you've got a boosted video. Uh, perhaps people will like it, but I haven't seen it, um, so I am wildly skeptical because a lot of the times that I feel like my photos are edited, it's like they always miss the mark. It's like here's a photo we made vivid, and it's like okay, that's just like a really vivid photo concern. now. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's less like that, you know, memory thing where it like makes your photo vivid. It's literally like the night shot mode for photos where you can take pictures in the dark and then it like puts it through a special HDR algorithm okay. and takes like 20 shots and combines them all to make it so that it's not a terrible night photo. It like actually looks somewhat decent. It's just doing that to video, but the computational aspect of doing it with video is so much more than doing it with a photo that it can't be done on device, which is why it gets shipped off to the data center and takes a couple of hours. Got it. So it's for taking like videos even, in, in the dark. Even less useful though, because it's like, if it takes two hours, like who's going to remember that that exists and be like, oh, it's so dark, my video's not working. I'm going to take the video anyway. It's going to get like loaded up in two hours. Tomorrow morning, guys, we are going to have the sickest video. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, there's so many steps involved with like making something now. I feel like that's a bit far removed from like, process although if it happens automatically i'm sure it's fine but i don't know i don't take a lot of videos in the dark because i never remember that there's a way to see the videos in the dark you know uh there's also magic editor to move on from that which is kind of yeah. cool it's also on the pixel 8 um what it does is you it uses ai to like fix pictures or to try to make them better uh, in some instances like some photos it will try to make the sky look cooler or add golden hour to it. Yeah, you showed it. me that. Or, yeah, or uh, it, every option always seems to have, like, a portrait option. I mean, it usually makes your picture a little, like, the the focus of your picture, the subject of your picture, like, a little brighter as well. Um, it also has a stylized mode, but uh, the stylized I have found absolutely useless. Um, in, in, like, my demo, they're like, oh, like, you know, you get stylized, look like an anime. And I'm like, yeah, that's sick. I love anime. Um, but that has not been an option for me at all. Um, and like, I'll show you guys one. So this is, this is it stylized. Obviously people, you guys can't hear it, but I want you guys to, you guys to react to this. So this is the stylized picture. Can anybody what see it that is. well? I can sort of see yeah. it. It's a little blurry. Okay, but like, but like, if I like show you the original. Oh, it's a whole different color. It's a oh, lizard. I see. Yeah. It's Pretty like cool. a different. I really just figured like a, that out. Yeah, you know, it's like a, they made my lizard a person. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the one, the one you you showed me yesterday too, where the whole background changed in the photo, that was really cool. Yeah. I, it's not something that like I personally would want to do because I like to take relatively true to life photos, but I could see that getting very popular. Um, yeah, it seems, I, I, remove I, the sky and put a sunset in there. 
I think like it's like at its beginning stages too. Like I think that it can get better, but like in my yeah. if you check my review to listeners, uh, you'll see like there's the before and after of like a zebra in this shot, and um, yeah, I I made the zebra look bigger as well. You, you know, you can do a lot sure. of yeah fun stuff. Sorry, John, I cut you off. Um, I've also played around with Magic Editor a little bit because it's it's not a Pixel Eight Pro exclusive. It's also on the Pixel Eight. Um, and my experience with it has been less positive. Uh, to me, it feels a lot like a generative AI tool, kind of like you know the the Bing Image Generator or Dali or whatever whatever the other ones are. But it's kind of like haphazardly built into Google Photos. So when you're looking at a photo that you took, not necessarily from the Pixel Eight, like it works on any photo that you have uploaded to Google Photos. Uh, the little magic editor button will show up and you can tap it and it will give you different options based on the photo. Most of the time when I was playing around with it, it gave me options to turn a photo that wasn't a portrait mode photo into a portrait mode photo. And that generally worked pretty well. But beyond that, I found it wasn't that reliable. Like changing the sky sometimes worked pretty good, but anything else, like you can select elements in the photos to manipulate them. So for example, in one photo I tried... There was a bag sitting on the kitchen table in the background of the photo. And I'm like, well, let's see if I can erase that photo, which is something that you can do with Magic Eraser and is also something that you can do with Magic Editor. But Magic Editor messed it up big time. I selected the photo and then it generated like four different images where that uh, bag on the table had been removed. But in all of the images, it wasn't like it had just been removed from the table and then the table was empty. It like removed a chunk of the table too. Or like it changed the color of the table so that it was totally different from what it was supposed to be. And just generally like messed up the image in weird ways. Um, Another test that I did, I tried changing the beige wall in the background of the photo. And it like turned it into a shower. But the shower was like the perspective was totally wrong. And like it just looked super weird. So I found it very hit and miss. There was some things that it could do well like turning photos into portrait mode and beyond that it there wasn't a lot that it could do when you turn a photo into portrait mode can you adjust the blur in post or is it just like it it generates a couple different options with different levels of blur Mm, but it's not like a true depth map no fair enough that still sounds really cool i think i am definitely curious to play with it but as my sort of limitations hit a lot with like phone editing apps is I find, and especially with Magic Eraser last year, and this this sounds similar from your experience, John, is that the lack of control you have over these tools, like you said, makes them so hit and miss that they end up becoming more missed than hits. And I could see like regular people maybe sticking with them, but at least for me, from my perspective, it's like, well, if it's going to miss three out of five times, I'm just going to go to Photoshop, you know, at least. And I know that I'm, like a sort of outside the realm there where I like Photoshop way too many of my photos. But again, it's just like, no, I agree with you there. Control. Yeah. I I wrote that in my review. I said that that was the biggest issue with it. I think you need more control. You need to be able to do it like more of what you want to do with it. Uh, The pixel pro eight pro also has a pro camera mode though. uh, Yeah. So the shutter speed thing looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Control shutter speed. ISO. um, App. Shutter speed ISO, and um, you can also take pictures in full 50 megapixel resolution on all three cameras now, uh, which is kind of cool. 
uh also feels weird because they're only 48 megapixel cameras but you know that's how google said wait so when you take a like a 48 like a, a full res image with the zoom camera it gives you a 50 megapixel photo like somehow mm-hmm. it, i think it upscales it slightly yeah and they have skills so, like, so i like two megapixels yeah what huh? yeah <laughs> yeah why right, you know, like, the marketing department like kicked down the door and they were like what are the what are the megapixels at and they're like we got two at 48 you guys be really happy this year we got two at 48 and we still have the one at 50 and they're like we're actually not happy get every single sensor up to 50 we gotta sell this goddamn phone and yeah just, like the guys are like, but the difference is you'll never notice the difference between 48 and 50. And like, we don't give a shit. <laughs> you put that feature in there. Oh my. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, brightness. I don't know. I don't get why, but yeah, you can do that. Uh, I mean, I know why you can do 50 megapixel resolution. But I mean, I don't know why they just didn't have it like full resolution versus like 12 instead of upscaling to in- 50. Yeah. In a practical sense, did you notice an improvement in photo quality over your experience with the Pixel 7 Pro, or is it just like minute, I guess? I'd say it's more minute. Like, I haven't, I wasn't blown away. I wasn't like, oh, these pictures are amazing. Um, they're good pictures. Don't get me wrong. They take really good pictures, but so did the Pixel 7 Pro. Um, from what I've so, seen from yeah. the examples to the, um, computational like digital zoom looks pretty decent like when you push past the opticals that seems fine that seems nice that was cool oh, that they, but that it worked like that it was like it's that good last year too like i have that's a really true clear it was shot yeah even the power. 7a yeah yeah um i i think it does seem can... like the more control pushes these a little more into that like pro element where, like, yeah you know if you really want to play with the camera you can without downloading a third-party app now which is kind of fun you know samsung's had it Apple's edging closer now. Google's in the ring, but uh, yeah, ex- a lot exactly. of this stuff like, is kind of gimmicky, which is sad I took because a... I feel like Google usually has like such strong branding; it doesn't rely on gimmicks as much. Where I feel like this year, it's they just like threw a bunch of things at the wall to see what sticks. Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's I was just saying I took some high res pictures, like full fifty mm. megapixels, and they did come out really good. Like you can like crop in and see the detail of like. I took a picture of um, of the rooftop at Blue Ant, and you can clearly see like the shopper's drug mart like super well. At, and even like I didn't have it. Hey, you talk about like, that in the review. Zoomed in, like I just crop in, and it's like, oh, it's still pretty nice. Um, so that's at least like a good bonus here. But there's yeah, like it's, it's not, like, nothing wrong nothing, with the hardware. Yeah, there's nothing here that would make anyone who owns a Pixel Seven Pro like run to the store and buy this because it's like nothing. Okay, that was my next like, question. It's good. Yeah, like I I have a 14 Pro Max for the iPhone, and I just got the 15 Pro Max, and even though there's like eh difference, like I in, in my head I still wanted to get that upgrade like a lot because I wanted like but that's because you're like Mr. Phone guy. No one should be buying a 15 Pro. I really like getting new phones. I work in a job because I love getting new phones, so I like it. You know, we all know that we like but, getting phones, yeah, but, but you know, yeah. we all I, love I, new like, I do. I like, get but you know, like saying. in my head, like I just need like a bigger reason to jump. Like there's like I, I need like sure. I can't or like LG, I don't know G five to G six. That was a huge jump. Or yeah. no G six to G seven. That was saying. a huge jump. Yeah, those are like reasons why you'd want. It. But like this, this isn't it. Um, I mean, or it's like not the bad. iPhone I, eleven I, to the twelve, like that kind of thing. If you're a hypochondriac, yeah, like, you might like this phone with the temperature sensor. 
right? That's no, I'm crazy. telling you, I'm a hypochondriac. <laughs> it's not oh, that's true. I guess yeah, it doesn't work enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah. does it doesn't work well it, enough. Before we move on to the Pixel Eight, what's the what's the starting price in Canada for the the Pro Dean? Thirteen forty nine. John, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. That's correct. I'm on the right Pixel now. Eight. Okay, cool. I got it. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Cool. Is that the same? Like, is there a price increase over last year's? Phone totally, is there is. Uh, last year it was eleven seventy nine. Um, so that makes it a hundred and I can't do math. I'm gay and journalist, but, um, it's more almost $200. <laughs> more. Yeah. So like, uh, and I don't think it's like, obviously I don't think it's worth that. Um, uh, especially like you're still starting at 128 gigs, which is crazy to me. I didn't realize that. Uh, I thought you started at least at 256 this year. Although the pack-in bonus of the free watch, if you do the pre-order, is you know offsets that, that cost is a, somewhat. That is a crazy yeah. pre-order. I was gonna bring yeah. that up when we talked about the Pixel Watch. Uh, gotcha. Uh, also- now you have nothing to talk about, Pat. <laughs> that, that's like there's almost nothing to talk about with the Pixel Watch now that you've taken that away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair enough. Okay, Pixel Eight. Sorry, the blue. Oh, nice. the colors. Yeah, Bay yeah, Blue. Let's debate it. I mean, does everybody here like it? Because I'm, I like I'm on it. the fence. I don't want it. Like, I don't want this to be my phone. Like, I, I mm. don't like the color yeah. in the sense of, like, this is the phone I want to run every single day, this Bay Blue phone. But yeah. when you're, like, somewhere and someone's like, ooh, that's a pretty phone. I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it does have that. It's got a bit of flash to it. That's always nice. Yeah. My biggest like, concern is last year I had like a bright red case on my phone because I had a black phone. So I was like, I bought this bright red case. I was like, I love it. I love red. This is awesome. And then like six months later, I was like, oh, this is really starting to wear on me, this bright red case. It's like, it doesn't like I'm going to a wedding. It doesn't match my suit. I got to take the phone like out of the suit or out of the case. I'm just plain black, like blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, like, eight months later, I just, like, hated the red case. <laughs> um, and I think it's because it was such a strong color. And I feel like this blue reminds me of that. You know, it's not totally. I'll never match this. It's not good. Although, like, aside from the Actually, actual... I wish I would have came in yesterday because I bet you that up against your ear for the classic ear shot with your bleached hair would look pretty freaking cool. Mm, we got one of those shots. <laughs> fine. Okay, it, it's cool. fine. Perfect. Not not as good as yours, but I did okay. No. No, but it, and, it feels, and the phone feels great. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. That's probably actually the biggest thing I like over the Pixel 7 Pro. It feels a lot better in your hand. Like, it's, oh, it, it's it feels rounded so now. Good, that matte, it nice. feels so good. Yeah, the the matte glass, it's, like, feels – it's so soft and, like, matte, and it's pretty. That's – the design element is probably my favorite part, even though it's not, like, a dramatic change. But I prefer – I much prefer the design over this from the last year's. It's Pixel 8 season now. It's your time to time to shine, John. What? I'll go. ask the same question to you because I think it's a good way to set up the phone. What? What is different this year over the Pixel 7? Uh, so honestly, the biggest change is the size. The Google, and honestly, I'm, I'm really impressed by this. Google managed to shrink the footprint of its base Pixel model without significantly reducing any of the features. So, for is example, the bezels the, are smaller. Is that why? Yeah, okay. um, and it's a little bit shorter. Uh, so that's why I'm so impressed by it. Because, like on paper, the Pixel Seven had a 6.3 inch display, and the Pixel Eight has a 6.2 inch. So basically, the same size display. It's just a little bit shorter. 
the bezels are a little bit thinner, which looks really nice. Uh, the battery is bigger in the Pixel 8 than in the Pixel 7, despite it being a smaller phone. Play that baseball sound, Pat. That's a home run. That's a home run. Heck yeah. And it's like a not insignificant amount. It's like a 200 milliamp hour difference in size. So it's a pretty, pretty significant increase. In a practical sense, have you noticed that that's made a difference? Because when companies tout having bigger batteries, I always think like, okay, you have a more powerful chip in there. Do do they offset each other? Did you... In, in, did you find that the battery life was? I, I did find that the battery life was better. It's still like it depends on your usage, obviously. But for me, my typical usage with the Pixel Seven, I would get to the end of the day and I'm like at twenty percent, and I'm scrambling to get it on charge. Whereas, well, wait, 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 you mean like end of the day, like end of the workday, or like midnight? End of the day, like I'm I'm getting ready to go to bed. Right. Okay. 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 So that's not um, too bad then, but yeah. On a, on a heavy usage day, I would probably have to top up the pixel seven before the, before my bedtime. Um, with the pixel eight, I found that it's usually a little bit higher. Uh, I've ended some days at about a 50% charge. I've ended some days at a 30% charge. It kind of depends on my usage, but it's definitely lasts longer. I still have to charge it every night. Um, but I'm not ending the day with like charger anxiety. I'm usually not scrambling to, to top up or anything in the evening. So that's, that's been really nice. Um, and that's with the, the move to 120 Hertz. Uh, the pixel seven only has a 90 Hertz display. Um, and you can't see eight, that difference though. Can you, you can't see that difference, but it would have an impact on the battery. Um, is it uh, LTPO like it will go down to one hertz or a low hertz? Or no, is it just it's LTPS, so it jumps between 60 hertz and 120 hertz. Oh, but it's still, as long as it switches for like you could save the battery down, I guess everything could kind of go 60, 120 back in the day. I mean, there's just divisible. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, but that, that would be the other major change. Um, I wonder how much battery. If like even an extra, if they would have just kept it 90, we would have got like an extra like 45 minutes out of it. That would have been kind of nice. Like I'm all for the battery this year. Yeah. I'm not sure how big of an impact it would make. Well, I, yeah. The reason I'm saying that too is uh, the only, I've been watching a lot of iPhone battery tests and the the lower Hertz iPhones generally outlast the like ProMotion iPhones uh, by like 45 minutes, it seems. But you couldn't, like they couldn't years. do it that low just because uh, all like the other Androids in that same price range have 120, and people seeing that number will be like, yeah, that's oh. fair actually. There yeah. was, yeah, it's not even just that; it's like comparison with their A series, right? Like when the Pixel Seven A mm, came out, I was that's like, true too. It's it was like what 150, 200 dollars cheaper than the Pixel Seven for basically the exact same phone, slightly smaller, yeah. 90 hertz display. Uh, the camera hardware was slightly different, but it still produced stellar images with Google's computational. So I think part of the the move to 120 hertz on the Pixel 8 is to help differentiate from the Pixel 8a when that comes out next year, um, just to kind of widen that gap. Fair enough. I don't know. I feel like this. I mean, we say this every year when the A comes out, but the A always eats the the Pixel like mainline lunch so bad and i feel that with the price increase that's going to happen again this year yeah unless they increase the 8a price which i really hope they don't but probably i mean they probably will but even if it's cheaper it's not about you know spending more than last year it's just people don't want to spend that much money just period you know yeah tough yeah because the pixel 8 also got a price hike um yeah 
I know you were probably going to ask me that, Pat, but I'm just going to yeah, dive my next into one. it now. Yeah, keep, keep, it, keep stealing my, my ideas here. Sorry. Got to steal the thunder. Yeah, so the, the Pixel 8 is $949 in Canada. That's a $150 price increase over the Pixel 7. Substantial. But it's also still about $150 to $180 cheaper than equivalent flagships from Samsung and uh, Apple. So it's $150 cheaper than the S23, and I believe it's $180 cheaper than the iPhone 15. Um, yeah, I think so. Give or take. That adds up. What's the iPhone 15? Like $1149 or something? Uh, $1129. Like I know it's 11 Maybe 1129 yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think there's still a bit of a value argument for the Pixel 8 if you're comparing to, you know, the S23 or the, or the iPhone 15. I think you're getting a little bit better value going for the 8 because you are saving some money and you're getting more or less equivalent features. Obviously, Tensor G3 is not going to match in terms of performance, but in day-to-day use, you're not going to notice that either. Like the phone has been buttery smooth the whole time I've been using it. Um, So I'll I'll be interested to see how it lasts with the seven years of updates. That's the other big uh, improvement that Google made this year is promising longer software support. So I'm really interested to see, A, if Google keeps its promise because seven years is a really long time and B if the phone is even still like usable in seven years. Are you comparing the pixel eight and the iPhone 15? Wouldn't the pixel eight be more comparable to the 15 pro? This is just a random thought. I think the eight pro would be more comparable to the 15 pro. Would it no, not? I think yeah. the eight pro would be more comparable to the 15 pro max. To the same phone, just with like, I know, but I mean like, because he, <laughs> the difference is size. Yeah, so I think the difference is the size, correct? But the if the 15 Pro is also the same size as the 8, they both have the new processors. And this year, the 15 Pro Max is the only one with the 5 times zoom, which is the same as the Pixel 8 Pro versus the 15 Pro has the 3 times or 2 times, no, 3 times zoom, which is kind of like the Pixel 8. So, well, I mean, I think they're like... I don't think there are a lot of, like, Pixel buyers that are looking at, like, Pro Max iPhones because that's, like, an extra $1,000, you know? Like, I just... Yeah. There might be Pro Max iPhone users that might look at the Pixel 8 Pro, but I don't think I don't think it goes the other way around. The price difference is so extravagant. Yeah. And the Pixel 8 doesn't have, like, a real zoom lens, so I think comparing it with the Pro is... Yeah. So the, the Pixel 8 only has the two cameras. It has the main lens and the yeah. ultra-wide, which matches with okay. the 15. Yeah. Um, on yeah. the chip argument, yeah, the iPhone 15 has a year-old chip, but, but it, it still is, outperforms it the, the Pixel 8 yeah. by a considerable margin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. that's fair. Okay. I do get what you're saying, though. I, I get what you're saying, Dean. I, I, I also try to think of it from a way that the, for better or worse, like the way the companies market the phones. And like in my mind... The Pixel 8 is the answer to Apple's iPhone 15 from Google and Apple's perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can even sure. see it in like the marketing with their like Pixel and iPhone are friends commercials that have been coming out for the last little bit. It, yeah, it is. But it, I feel like the Pixel proposition is is very different. Um, like there's something, uh, yeah, something about buying a pro level iPhone where you're like, I'm going to do things with it or it's the most expensive one. But I feel like buying the pro Pixel, you're just like, I'm getting a deal. You just feel like you're getting yeah. a deal, you know? That's true, too. Yeah. I I wonder why Google doesn't have fun colors for the Pixel 8. Like, hazel, white, and black are kind of like, eh. Like, gray, white. Yeah, well, so it's gray, it's rose. It's not white. 
but it looks white. Oh, like Rose! Very... I forgot it. I forgot it was Rose, but yeah, it is like a very light. Rose. I haven't even seen them in person because when we did the oh, Google yeah. event in Toronto, <laughs> they didn't have any Pixel 8s there. They only had 8 Pros. So I've only seen the Hazel, which was the color of my review unit. And, you know, in most That's lighting, slashers, it looks right? more gray than green. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still kind of nice. You know, I like it. It's a little bit subtle. It doesn't pop as much as some of the other colors. Um, but yeah, it does kind of look compared to like a like green a iPhone. Or like a yeah. yellow iPhone. I mean, like, yeah. So, but I Man, that's, that's, colors aren't as fun. I Show us that buy... glossy phone again. So glossy. Look at that. Yeah, it's so glossy. Switch. The we Pixel 8 does not have the matte glass back like the Pixel 8 Pro, which is probably the biggest knock against the phone in general because yeah. that matte back feels so nice. So my, my last question, if you're looking at the Pixel 8, and you're looking at the Pixel 8 Pro and you're a Canadian consumer trying to decide between both devices, what do you lose by just getting the Pixel 8? Like, what are the key things that someone might miss? So well, you can't the, check your temperature. Yeah, okay. the temperature sensor. But we kind of like, we kind of negated that where it's like, it's a gimmick. It's kind of neat, but like, you don't need it. Be, yeah. Beyond that. I remember there, saying that. Any... I remember three of us being like, that is very cool, very useful. Doctors should have, every doctor should have a Pixel in their pocket new new google marketing <laughs> yeah here for free, free pixel 8 pros for we'll just we'll just clip this oh, and like give man. it to google and tell them it's an ad yeah um yeah so aside from the temperature sensor which the usefulness of is very debatable uh you lose your third um telephoto lens so the pixel 8 does not have a telephoto lens um the 2x sensor crop zoom that the pixel 8 can do is fine it's not as good as 2x optical, but it's good enough that it's usable for most people. I'm um, you also lose out in... on the higher res ultra wide camera. Okay. Uh, the Pixel 8's ultra wide is only 12 megapixels, which I think only matters if you take a lot of ultra wide shots. Um, but I only ever use the ultra wide camera when I'm testing it for a review, and then I never ever use it again. So what really? I feel like most ever? people are probably that way. Me too. There's, yeah, there's okay. literally yeah, no reason for me to ever thing. use it. It's yep. fun sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a dean. I mean, I take a lot of photos. I take it sometimes, but I often find myself using ultra wide the most for video. Because if I'm like trying to like video something, there's always like it's like important. Like I'm trying to like send something or show something to somebody. So being able to like hold my phone in front of me ultra wide and like give my perspective, I find I use that quite a bit. Interesting. Uh, I've never tried yeah. that. He does. He does. It's good. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, well, I Wait, guess those are the only differences, though? Question. Yeah. Uh, the size difference. Um, right. The yeah, Pixel price. 8 Pro has a higher resolution screen, and it can do the drop all the way down to 1 hertz. Uh, and obviously, because of the size difference, the Pixel 8 Pro also has a larger battery. Um, and I think the only other exclusive 8 Pro feature is video boost, which we also kind of you know, negated. Well, also, I'm wondering if, if you don't have that quite right, John, because I'm seeing on the Google product page here, there are video boost and there is night sight video as two separate features. Listed as two um, separate features. Listed it as two separate features, features and both yeah. of them exclusive to the 8 Pro and also the Pro uh-huh. camera controls are exclusive to the 8 Pro, which I am rioting about over here. What the heck? That's like so much fun. Give, those to, give the Pro camera controls to everybody. I know. So we're going to have, we're not doing it right now, but someday we're going to have a podcast. We're just going to like debate why all these phones have pro on their name. Cause I'm, I'm like so over it anyway. 
But no, video boost works for any like it, it, it pretty sure it works for any video not just night videos for night videos is where you see the biggest dramatic difference and where it, okay. it, like it will make it a lot better okay. i i misunderstood then i thought they were the same feature uh anyway counter counterpoint to you bennett with the pro camera controls the thing that i like the most about the pixel 8 camera is that it's very automatic and seamless um if i want to have pro control over my camera i'm going to go and grab my uh, SLR. I'm not going to take but out. Most or people third, don't have an or SLR. a third-party app. You can get a third-party app that does this. Yeah, same or thing. a third-party. That's, that's always app. been my answer with the iPhone. Um, so you know, if I'm using my Pixel for photography, it's because I want to take it out of my pocket. I want to snap the photo and I want to put it back in my pocket in like 30 seconds and be confident that the image that it captured was good. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mess around with with Pro controls on my phone, but you know, maybe I'm in the minority on that one. I think I don't think you are, but I think the tide is changing. I think as more kids grow up with phones as their main cameras, I think there are a lot of like people trying to get better at photography, and having access to pro controls, I think, kind of gives you that avenue if you if you want it. That's fair, and I also feel I guess those people probably are buying the pro with the five X zoom and all that stuff. But again, the fact that it's just software and it's held back between one and the other, eh, kind of feels annoying to me. Anyway, uh, ultimately, I think you don't really lose out on a whole lot with going with the Pixel 8 over the 8 Pro. And, you know, for anybody who likes a smaller phone, the Pixel 8 is a great option. It feels nice and small without really actually sacrificing anything to get to that size. Um, And so, you know, if you're holding on to a Pixel 5 or a Pixel 4 or something and you've just been waiting for Google to put out a phone that is, you know, holdable in one hand, uh, the Pixel 8 is a great option for you. Um, Before we move on. They also added USB-C ports this year. They always said USB-C ports. (laughs) You know, it's a joke because Apple added them and it made a big deal. Game changer. I got it. Yeah, Yeah, I I got you, buddy. What was the last Um, thing you were going to say, John? Yeah, before we move on from the Pixel 8, uh, there was one other new AI photo feature that we have not yet talked about, and that is Best Take. And I have some thoughts about Best Take, uh, which is it's not good, and there's no reason to use it. Uh So what Best Take, the pitch of Best Take is that, you know, let's say you're at a family get-together and you're taking a group photo of all, all of your family members. Normally, you take like 20 photos, and in 19 of the photos, there's somebody that's blinking, sneezing, smiling, or not smiling. They're not looking at the camera. They're doing some dumb thing. And so with Best Take, it kind of scans all those photos that you took, and then you can switch people's faces. So if you have a photo where everybody's looking good except for one person, you can switch that one person's face with one of the other photos where they are looking good. And then that photo becomes, you know, good where everybody is smiling and looking at the camera. And does it just on paper, use photos, or does it use like live photo data from the video that it's taking? It just no, uses, it just uses photos, photos okay. and like a mix of AI to like swap the faces. Hell yeah! Let's throw a little and AI in there. In my experience using it, it does not work well. Um, it was very hit or miss at swapping out faces. In one test I did with my daughter, it swapped out her whole head, not just her face, but it left a halo of her hair from the old head, like around her that wasn't attached to the new head that it put in. Um, In a photo I tried with my mom, uh, it 
swapped her face to one where her eyes were like closed and kind of like her eyelids were like melded into the rest of her face in some like that creepy horror show nonsense. Yeah. So yeah, I found it very hit or miss. And the weirdest part is that pixel phones have had a feature called top shot for years, which uses when you take a photo, it captures like a burst for the HDR and it captures like a bit of video and stuff like that. So top shot lets you swap out the frames to get an image where somebody is not blinking or they're smiling or whatever, right? If something happens top shot, because it uses actual photo data and just swaps the frames works way better than best take for more or less the same result. Yeah. I actually got those two mis- mixed up. I, th- I was like, Oh, top shot is I thought yeah. they like melded, but top no, boy. John corrected me. And yeah. So I just refer people In- to your review for, for, uh, by the way, <laughs> it it does work sometimes but like it's again it's so hit or miss and with top shot being around and being much more reliable and like why why would you ever use best take yeah it seems like one of those things that i feel like will work best for maybe like big crowd shots you get a bunch of people at a wedding or something where it's like everyone's kind of farther away you're not looking as closely and you've and like you said everyone is posed and you and the photographer is posed so there's like the difference between all of the shots doesn't change. Like there's a lot of consistency there. I can see it working more, but again, mm-hmm. similar to what I was saying with the other Google features, it's like one of those ones that you use so infrequently that you likely just forget it exists and never use it. Um, if it does work, it's cool. And it, it leads back to your, you know, idea of being able to pull your pixel, take a photo and like have a good photo out of it. Um, like the, the thesis of Google's photo argument is definitely like embedded in top shot, but yeah, if it doesn't work, then ugh, it's just going to be forgettable. Like, most of Google's other um, computational like photos app features. Like, does anybody remember what yeah. was it called, like Color Splash or whatever? Where it was like there was like we're gonna make photos where everything's black and white, but the subject is colorful, yeah. and everyone was like, oh, that's very cool. And then that just like maybe that happened to me once in like seven I, years. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I've ever used that. Yeah, I actually don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I remember. I want to say it was maybe like the Pixel Three or Four or something. And I think it was the picture. Yeah, where you would like take a photo and then like. Um, one of the like AI enhancements that they would send you after would be like the background would be all black and white. And then the, just the subject would be like in color, like those are old, like kind of two thousands. I feel like that was a style. I think I'd photo like that in my parents' I, house. I, I reviewed yeah. the pixel four. Don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually speaking and, of the pixel four, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys when we were talking about the, the temperature sensor, would you take pixel four motion gestures or pixel eight pro temperature sensor? If you had to choose one. Solely, or, solely all the way. Are you yeah, kidding me? Is that gestures? a yeah. Oh, dare you ask me that oh, question? Oh no, I'm sorry. Dude. <laughs> I'm mad now. Um, that the Pixel I was just Four had back to like other Pixel gimmicks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the Pixel Four had fantastic face unlock because of that. Oh, that's true. Solely. It did allow for it, fantastic face yeah. unlock. That was worth it. You're right. Um, the actual gestures to like change songs and whatever, I never really used, but the oh, improved I face unlock that. was really good. I also think if we're going back, if we're just gonna go back just for a bit, um, Active Edge on the Pixel Two. Oh, uh, the, the squeeze. squeeze. Is that where you squeeze cool. it? Yeah. 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 I think the three love. had that too. Yeah, that was my favorite one, honestly. I wish all phones still yeah. had that. That was a great feature. Me yeah. too. Such a great HTC feature. HTC made it. Uh, HTC, you get it. Yeah. Good good company. Good guys. I think the two good is guys. the last pixel I reviewed. It was, yeah. yeah Igor did the three, sense. and then Igor I did, did the, the four three. onwards. Yeah. I, I also did the four. That was our first one where we split. Let's quickly talk about the Pixel Watch 2 because we're, we're running out of time and and reviews still need somewhat finished before the embargo lifts in a few hours. The Pixel Watch 2 
like I I don't even know how to set it up. It, it very much reminds me of like where Apple is with with the Apple Watch to some extent, where it's it's just like every year it's almost the same device. Is there anything interesting or exciting about the Pixel Watch too? Because like I know last year it was like almost there. Did they solve some of the issues that you personally had with the Pixel Watch, John? Yeah, they did. So the Pixel Watch 2 is basically the Pixel Watch 1, but everything's a little bit better than it was before. Um, There are lots of new features, but most of them kind of fall into the category of this might be super useful if you use that one niche thing. And outside of that, it probably won't matter to you. So... The, the biggest thing is there's the new chipset. Uh, so instead of the Exynos whatever chip that was like four years old in the Pixel Watch, the Watch 2 has uh, Qualcomm's latest Snapdragon W5. Um, there's a W5 and a W5 Plus, and there's a very minor difference between them that I don't remember what it is. Uh, but the Pixel Watch 2 has the W5, not the Plus version. Um and a slightly bigger battery. So the combination of the new chip and the slightly bigger battery means that the battery life is a little bit better. Uh, With the Pixel Watch 1, I found that using the always-on display, I was not able to comfortably make it through a 24-hour period without needing to top up the charge, which really sucks because one of the main features of the Pixel Watch is doing sleep tracking through Fitbit. So you can't charge it at night if you want to do your sleep tracking, which means finding another time to charge it during the day. With the Pixel Watch 2, uh, my typical use pattern, I've found, you know, I wake up in the morning and the watch is usually at about 30%, which is enough to get me through my morning routine. And then I charge it uh, usually at about 8.30 when I sit down at my desk to start working for the day. Because that way, you know, I'm not losing it on any step tracking or anything because I'm sitting at my desk. So the battery life is a little bit improved and I feel comfortable using always on display now. Uh, beyond that, you know, there's a new multi-path heart rate sensor. So heart rate tracking is about 40% better compared to the Pixel Watch 1. I know some fitness-minded people had issues with heart rate tracking on the Pixel Watch 1. I didn't really have any issue with it, but I'm also not a fitness nerd. I don't like doing fitness. So um, new fitness features are kind of meh. You have to really, really deep down the rabbit hole to know that stuff. Because you would have to have like yeah. another heart rate sensor like on your chest or like in some way to actually notice a difference. And then like over the course of like a week record data to be like, okay, it's actually 10% off. Like or, I think most or, people, the heart rate sensor, it's not supposed to be medical. It's just like, I'm working out, my heart rate's high. I'm not working out, my heart rate's getting lower. So and like, you just see the variance between the two stages. It's not like I'm actually being like, oh, is that 101? Like, going to my doctor i don't even know if that's bad but you know what i mean you can be like me and wear the galaxy watch 6 and the pixel watch 2 to the gym at the same time and see which one has better heart rate sensor but then also yeah. not know which that's one always is a good time actually actually accurate because yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um what else there's a new skin temperature sensor uh which measures your skin temperature um i'm i think it mostly does it at night for your sleep yet that, it just kind of funnels that data into the fitbit app and then you never see it unless you go digging through 18 different menus to find it i believe uh, when apple new... added that it was mostly for menstruation tracking so yeah so the picture is not yeah. for menstrual tracking at all oh interesting it, no, yeah it's, it's supposed to be for sleep like i guess if you're too hot if you sleep or it's going to yeah, tell it's... you something but it's not going to tell you like like it will tell you if you need to help your sleep for some reason but it won't tell you it's because you're too hot or something yeah 
Um, it also has a continuous electrodermal activity sensor or CEDA sensor. Uh, this was something that Fitbit introduced on the Sense 1 and Sense 2, and I think it came to the Charge 5, if I remember correctly. Um, but basically what the CETA sensor did was uh, it measures body responses like sweat and stuff like that on your skin, and then that gets tied into stress tracking. Uh, and so when I used it on the Fitbit Sense smartwatch, uh, it would like pop up every once in a while and say, hey, you know, we think you might be stressed like do a little de-stress exercise or something and you could also access it manually to be like hey you know log my feelings and whatever uh the pixel watch 2 so far has not triggered any of the the stress stuff and there's no manual option to log it you've just been chilled out have you well maybe yeah, uh, yeah, I got the watch on Friday, and so I basically was testing it over the weekend. Um, so I wasn't really all that stressed because all I did this weekend was visit family, which is kind of stressful, but you know, that's nice. Uh, doing yeah, Thanksgiving food, stuff, yeah, big meals, yeah. Um, what, the the Google documentation mentions that it can like you know detect body responses caused by various things like alcohol and whatever, but again, it didn't. It didn't pop up at any point that I've been testing it to say, hey, let's do like a, a stress exercise because you seem stressed. And I there's no the manual option to do it on the watch either. The only way to do a, like a mood logging thing is in the Fitbit app itself. So I don't know if I'm like missing a software update on the watch because sometimes that happens with Google review products is stuff doesn't show up until you get a software update. Amen. Or what the deal is, but it just hasn't shown up at all so you, i haven't tested you mentioned it. their alcohol does that mean the watch could tell you if you're drunk no just like oh, okay i was gonna you, say because that'd be kind of ambitious because it'd be like you'd be sitting there like i'm pretty drunk and you'd be like, you're drunk you're like i know dude <laughs> that's what that's so what funny. they should replace the temperature sensor with on the pixel 8 pro they should replace it with like a breathalyzer like, like blowing the usb <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's incredible that actually would be fun because yeah, people would use that, but do you really want yeah. everyone blowing into your phone? No, but I use it for myself, you know. I I, I, I had guess. a I reviewed a breathalyzer once. I know, and I remember you saying I it remember was like that. a funny party gag, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Google, here are some golden ideas for the Pixel Nine. Give us a breathalyzer. So, no. is there automatic activity tracking now? There is the automatic Pixel activity watch? tracking on That's the Pixel new, right? Watch. Uh, it is new. I thought that the original Pixel Watch had automatic tracking but it did not which okay. i was quite surprised to learn but uh it also goes to show how much fitness that i do because the pixel watch never automatically tracked my fitness and i didn't notice because it okay. didn't have the feature ba based on what fit. you've told me like I, I think i'm a little bit off base with the pixel watch too it sounds like there are more updates than i thought they're just yeah. a little bit more low-key it yeah. actually seems like this is what the Pixel Watch 1 should have been. I was yeah, watching and an I, I mentioned that with, in my review. Yeah, yeah, I was watching an interview with Mr. Mobile, and they, um, who's the guy behind Google Hardware. Yeah. Um, and they were talking a lot about like how, like, oh, we made the first Pixel Watch. Like when we were developing it, we hadn't finished our deal with Fitbit yet. So now we finally got all the Fitbit stuff in the thing. We finally got all this other stuff in the watch. He just kept like saying that, like, they were like trying to get this in and it feels like yeah. the deal maybe got delayed or something. And so the pixel watch one had to go early, I, but I think it did it get delayed for real. some, some antitrust stuff, if I remember correctly. And also the, uh, there was a leak that came out 
uh, in September that basically said the Pixel Watch was actually supposed to launch alongside the Pixel 6, not the Pixel 7. So it even the, the watch yep. itself got delayed a whole year. That um, makes sense color-wise, actually. A yeah. lot of those bands felt kind of Pixel 6-ish, a little more yeah. neon. Yeah. Yeah, some of the new band options with the Pixel Watch 2 really match up nicely with the Pixel 8 uh, color nice. options. In fact, the one Any I got has a hazel a hazel band to match it. Um, oh. No, I think the materials band. are the same. Really? Oh, there's there's a there's a, I got a porcelain band which not, doesn't match okay. my blue phone. But there is um but there is a new like metal band too. Like there's new like cooler looking bands and there's active bands now as well. Yeah, they didn't have active yeah. ones before. Lots That's of new cool. bands, which is cool. They're still super overpriced. Like most of them start at like seventy to eighty dollars. Which feels like a lot for cheap. Is that the same for Apple? To Apple bands. Like, oh, it depends okay. on the band that you're buying. Like some some of the ultra bands are like 150 bucks. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean the Apple bands will go like once you get into the Hermes territory, you're in, like four or five hundred. Oh yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No one actually buys those though. They're yeah. Just um, tech guys at events showing up with their Hermes bands on. I think there are rich. There are probably like a few rich nerds out there, <laughs> like a handful. I get it. Um, what was I going to say? Anyway, continue. The uh, one other now. interesting change with the Pixel Watch 2 is they changed the charger. So the original Pixel Watch, watch had a like inductive wireless charger, kind of like what you have with the Apple Watch, where it's like a little disc and it magnets on and it charges it. Um, Pixel Watch 2 uh, uses pogo pins for the charging, which feels like a step back in terms of like how futuristic it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the charging is improved, so it has faster, fast charging, uh, and that's hard um, to hate. So, and the other thing is, is the Pixel Watch Two stays on the charger much better. One of the issues I talked about with the Pixel Watch One is it was very easy for the watch to just slide right off the charger, um, and become disconnected and not charge. Uh, never had that issue with the Pixel Watch Two because of the new Pogo pins. So it's really kind of like. You know, I don't want to criticize it too much, but it does feel like a weird change. Like it feels like a step back, but it also so, has improvements. It's not even so a step back. But it likes to keep them unified with something because it's like, yeah, you know, it's like to buy all these chargers. It's like it just is nice to have two and have a a set path to kind of go down, or like to buy accessories to charge them. You know, it'd be nice if it just would yeah. work on a keypad or cheap. I was talking, to, I was talking, to, or I was listening to people talk, uh, tech people talk about it though. Uh, apparently Pogo chargers, the reason why they moved away from them is because they erode faster when it comes to working out. Mm. So, like, it will, like, so everyone's, like, it's kind of weird that they went back because, like, if, yeah. if this was, like, a workout machine, like a Fitbit, like, then why would it, um, why would they use and, that? Although some Fitbits do use Pogo chargers and they're usually fine. Yeah. So maybe Google's added something to it to make it so that it's not... Doesn't wear out as fast. Yeah, maybe it doesn't break because you'll never be able to repair it. Oh, the the other big change (laughs) with the Pixel Watch Two is it has Wear OS four, which brings a couple software updates. It's supposed to be more efficient and stuff, which probably helps the battery life aspect. Um, There's Gmail and Google Calendar apps, uh, which Gmail is totally useless. I'm not triaging my inbox on my watch, and Google Calendar is nice to check and see what events I have coming up. And that's about it. 
Uh, Wear OS 4 also brings restore and backup capabilities, which should make it easier to move my watch to a different phone, which I'm sure I will use a lot since my job involves testing new phones. And I will likely test a new phone in the near future and probably write something about the backup and restore thing once I actually get a chance to use it. Um, but yeah, that's really about it. It's a pretty small update overall. I think if you have a Google Pixel Watch there's nothing that the Pixel Watch 2 does that would make you want to upgrade. It's just a little well, bit better. Continuous activity tracking. I think activity tracking would be enough to upgrade for a lot of people, honestly, yeah. If you're into fitness, I am not. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, one of the things I was going to ask, if we're moving off the watch, I know both of you guys got the Pixel Buds Pro and um, you haven't used them before. Do you like them? I, I reviewed them positively. I liked them. I know Dean was saying he liked them the other day. I like them. I do not find them to be as comfortable as the Surface earbuds, but really? the trade-off is that I the now satellites? have noise cancellation. So, mm-hmm. John's the only person in the world that used Surface earbuds. That is true. I love yeah. the Surface earbuds for three years. I respect, three years. I respect that. And they're still they're still going strong. Look at these bad boys. Heck yeah! The thing is, the Surface earbuds they have these really weird uh, ear yeah, it's plugs. Like long, so, almost deep tip. Yeah. Well, it's not it it's not as deep as the like silicone tips on the Pixel earbuds that kind of Sorry, yeah, there's like no silicone tip. It's, it's like a deeper yeah. AirPod tip, like a plastic molding. Like it looks more molded yeah. to your ear almost. I'm trying to describe It almost it just kind of floats yeah. in my earlobe without going into like the actual uh ear canal. So I find them a lot more comfortable for wearing for a long period of time because they just kind of float on my ears. Uh, whereas the Pixel Buds, I kind of got to jam them in there to get a good seal and to get the noise cancellation. So I can't wear them as long, but the noise cancellation aspect is really nice. And I'm sure I'll get a lot of use out of the Pixel Buds Pro on like the, the Go Train and whatever where the noise cancellation is beneficial. Definitely. I wouldn't leave my AirPods Pro, but I actually think the Pixel Buds Pro sound better. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, they, they sound good. You should do a story comparing the two. Yeah, I have AirPods yeah. Pro. My, my Pixel Buds Pro, like my car got, my window got broken, like yeah, for the listeners, like, I don't know, six or eight months ago. And it was like two cables, Pixel Bud Pro and like 85 cents that got stolen. So I don't have them anymore. But yeah, my Pixel Bud, I think they sound better for sure. Last thing I want to ask, John, I, I wanted to get into like carrier pricing and stuff, but we don't really have time for that. But can you talk a little bit about the very, very sick uh, carrier deal that gives you a free Pixel Watch? Yeah. So there are a couple things going on right now. Pre-order deals. Uh, if you pre-order from Google, uh, you can get either free Pixel Buds Pro or a free Pixel Watch 2 or a discounted Pixel Watch 2. And that's like across the board. So Pixel 8 Pro, you can either get the free Buds Pro or the free Pixel Watch 2. Pixel 8, you get the free buds or the discounted Pixel Watch. I think the discount is like $260, which is not insignificant. Um, If you pre-order from carriers, the Pixel Buds Pro are only with the Pixel 8 pre-order and the free Pixel Watch 2 is only with the Pixel 8 Pro pre-order. Some carriers are giving the LTE version and some carriers are giving the Wi-Fi version and some carriers are giving users a choice, which is nice. but yeah, it's a pretty good pre-order deal, in my opinion, especially if you were thinking about getting the watch because uh, you're basically getting a 
$450 watch for free if you go that route. Um, Definitely. That and like said, other Bluetooth earbuds can work just as good, kind of in that Android yeah. ecosystem, whereas the Pixel yeah. Watch really is the near the pinnacle of Android smartwatches. Dean's review of the Galaxy Watch maybe will change things once that comes out, but it's, I think, a better... It is in a more competitive market where it's near the top rather than the earbuds where it's like, no, you could kind of get nothing buzz. You get one plus buzz. You'd be okay. Yeah. Sorry. I just got a phone call and it took over my earbuds. (laughs) That's fun. He's in two worlds. A man of two worlds. Okay. Uh, We're a bit over time. So let's wrap this up. Uh, All of the reviews will be on mobile syrup. Dean's review of the pixel eight and John's review of the pixel eight pro and the uh, pixel watch two uh yeah they'll they'll be up by the time this podcast gets published and yeah that that's it thanks for listening to surfcast you can find me on twitter at at patrick underscore rourke and on mobilesurf.com i don't really have anything i'm working on right now editorial wise i'm doing a bunch of other things behind the scenes um john where can people find you mobilesurf.com uh i write stuff there um it's pretty good if you want to read it uh you can also find me on threads at jmm lamont uh i don't really use twitter anymore so i'm still there if you want to follow me but i'm I'm not gonna acknowledge anything dean where can people find you uh you can find me on instagram and threads at my daily dose and on x gonna give it to you um it's getting late night over here what is my twitter uh, you change it all the, the time. Dean? Yeah. I don't know. No, yeah, at the Daily Dean. Yeah, the Daily <laughs> Dean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, my name is Tech Trash, but I think I'm still at the Daily Dean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and obviously on Mobile Syrup. Sometimes you know, one maybe one day on the Tech Effect. Who knows? And last but certainly not least, Bennett, where can people find you? Like I said before, you know, I'm just floating in the cool breeze. You know, catch me when you catch me. See you guys around. Um, <laughs> No, I, uh, you can find me anywhere at the Bradfad. And if you head over to mobilesyrup.com, I think for uh, probably not anymore. Maybe it's still be in the top slot somewhere. But I just did an iPhone 15 review. Did a lot of work onto it. A lot of photos. Um, definitely check it out. I think it's a cool one. And uh... Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking to get a pro this year and you haven't made your choice, definitely, definitely read it before you do. And uh, that's all I got. Cool. And as always, you can find all of, all of our content on mobilesyrup.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at mobilesyrup. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye.